0: We are back on one-on-one New York's longest-running sports call show. We now welcome Matt Murphy to the show. Matt is a WFUV alum. He's done play-by-play for the Delaware Bluecoats and Alvernia Football, and most recently for the Philadelphia 76ers. Matt, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Let me unmute myself real quick. The beauty of Zoom. I think I'd be used to that by now, but it's great to be with you guys, Michael and Lou. It's great to be back on one-on-one. I have a lot of love for WFUV sports, a lot of love for one-on-one. You guys are doing a great job, so it's great to be with you this afternoon, or I guess this morning still.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so great to have you on the show. And, you know, I want to get right into it. You've uh, recently started calling a lot of games, you know, for the 76ers. And I just want to ask you, you know, how has that experience been calling, you know, NBA games?
1: It's been a dream come true. Obviously, when you're at WFUB, you're getting so many important reps whether it's Fordham basketball men's and women's programs which have been so great to us over the years or any sport at Fordham reps are so key and it's something that you think about so often um, how far can you get in the industry when 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 that break's going to come but um, as fate would have it I've been with the 76ers organization for since the 2018-19 NBA season calling Delaware Bluecoats games in the G League and Um, this past October, I guess the last day of October or October 30th, right before Halloween, I made my NBA debut on the radio and it was a variety of factors that went into it. But because of my experience at WFUV, because of the reps, I then got in the G League with the Delaware Bluecoats over the past three plus seasons, I felt ready for it. And I was so excited. My first game was the Sixers and the Atlanta Hawks on the 30th of October on the radio on the 76ers radio network filling in for Tom McGinnis who has been the voice of the Sixers for almost 30 years. He shifted over to TV and that's how it's kind of gone for the last few Saturdays as a result of Kate Scott, um, the new Sixers television voice, doing some college football, finishing out a a college football slate with Mike Golick on the radio. Um, I've had the chance to Talk to the Sixers fans over the radio, describe the action for them the last few Saturdays and even tonight. So if you're listening to this live or watching us live on YouTube, the Sixers play the Timberwolves at 6 p.m. tonight. It's a home game uh, for the Sixers. I'll have the call on the 76ers radio network. So I'm really excited. It's my second home game. That Hawks game was a home game and this one will be in front of the home crowd. So a little extra a little extra juice to feed off of in the building for the radio call, but um, it's been awesome. Everyone's been so great to me within the organization. And like I said, it, it's really a dream come true. And I have Fordham and WFUV Sports to thank for the uh, the training ground that it provided.
2: Matt, I want to talk to you about, you know, just being with the 76ers. I think it's really cool. You get to be with a, a really interesting team and a, and a really interesting conference. Me and Mike have been talking about the Eastern Conference as one that is super competitive. You know, you've been able to watch the 76ers how do you feel about their ability to stay in the playoff hunt stay in the top 10 or are you worried that they could potentially miss the playoffs this year
1: it's a long season um as you guys were just talking about i think you can't make too much of the the very early stages of the nba season there's always players and coaches and media members talking about when do you begin to evaluate an nba team is it 10 games is it 15 games is it 20 games and while we're sort of in that window i just think it's such a long season i have been impressed with what i've seen from this 76ers team that has mostly been shorthanded at times at with different players missing different stretches of games they're coming off right now what was a season-long six-game road trip um, that ended up finishing in golden state they went two and four but Joel Embiid didn't play in any of the games tobias harris Missed some time as well. Um, Both of them were upgraded to questionable for tonight's game against uh, Minnesota. So that is a good sign for the Sixers. But what I have seen is a group that no matter who is available, led by really the efforts of someone like Tyrese Maxey, who's just in his second season, the point guard for this team, they have banded together no matter who's available. They've been really fun to watch um, without some of their key players for long stretches of times. Tyrese Maxey has been unbelievable. Seth Curry started the season shooting so, so well, it was cool. I had the chance to be out in San Francisco at the end of the trip, the chase center, the warriors ended up coming back from 19 down to beat the Sixers. That's kind of the warriors MO this year is if they're down double digits, they're still somehow going to win the game, which is crazy. They haven't lost a game that they've trailed by double digits, but it was cool to see Seth Curry play against Steph Curry um, and be in the building for that one. I like what I've seen from the Sixers. I think Tyrese Maxey has been the big bright spot for the 76ers, maybe even taking a leap that bigger than what most people expected in his second season out of Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I was I was just about to ask you about Tyrese Maxey. You know, we uh, we were talking about before the show. He's averaging 18 points per game this season, you know, 10 points per game more than he did his rookie season. You know, what have you seen in him that's been able that's allowed him to make that leap this season?
1: So I guess if dating back to the playoffs, you guys probably watched the Sixers, but Tyrese Maxey had, sh- had shown a knack to score the ball. But with who the Sixers had coming into this season and him being inserted into the starting lineup as the point guard, his scoring was one thing, and then it was how is he going to facilitate and get to the line and just different things. How is he going to score and how is he going to distribute the ball? What I've been most impressed with is If we expected the scoring, he's hardly ever turning the ball over. During that road trip, there was a stretch, this recent six-game trip, there was a stretch where he didn't turn the ball over for three straight games in the middle of the trip, and it was single-digit turnovers throughout the entirety of the trip. And he's getting to the line, which is something that you would like to see young guards add to their game. You can talk about how the NBA is being officiated this year or – the star players getting certain types of treatment or not getting what they've had in the past, but that doesn't really apply to Tyrese Maxey. I think a lot of people wanted to see him just take that next step and just get into the lane and get to the line more. He's not looking for calls on the perimeter or anything like that. He's just a really great driver. So the two things that I think people should take away if you're catching a Sixers game is that Tyrese Maxey is going to run the offense without making that difficult pass, not turning the ball over. And then at the same time, he's been to the line, almost 10 times in each of the last three games in each individual game. So he's getting the line. He's not turning it over, which you like to see out of a young guard. And it's been crucial to the 76 ers success. Also when he does get in the lane, he's making nearly every layup. So he's so crafty around the rim, whether it's the right side or the left side, wrong footed, whatever the case might be. He throws in these circus shots, um, which have been super impressive as well.
2: You mentioned earlier Joel Embiid. The 76ers have been without him since basically early November, and you look at their record before his injury, 8-2, and two, and then since he's been out, 2-7. and seven. Is his potential return enough for this 76ers team to launch them right back into playoff contention and into contention from one of the top spots in the East?
1: It's always nice to welcome an MVP candidate back into the lineup, right? So I think if it's tonight, if it's whenever it is— um, Having Joel Embiid back is going to solve a lot of things for the Philadelphia 76ers. Seth Curry was asked about it after that Golden State game. And he he was, a lot of people allude to the idea that the Sixers' normal starting lineup, the one that started this season with Maxie, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid, that's one of the best lineups in the NBA. And they've played very few games together so far. But I think it kind of starts with Joel Embiid, the runner-up in the MVP voting a season ago, Some of those guys I just mentioned, they've surrounded Embiid with some great shooting. And that Embiid's presence frees up those shooters even more. And when he's been double teamed this year, over his career, he's gotten so much better dealing with double teams. So when teams do go that route, the shooting around him has been fantastic, whether it's Curry or Green or Harris or even guys off the bench with a a Shake Milton or a Furkan Korkmaz. The Sixers have built a strong team as a whole. But Embiid is the focal point, and everything kind of goes off of him. So I do think that will be a huge lift when they get him back.
0: You know, Matt, uh, doing a lot of games for the Delaware Bluecoats and now, you know, doing some games for the Philadelphia 76ers, has there been an adjustment maybe you've had to make, making that transition from the G League to the NBA, calling those games maybe, you know, something you've had to, you know, change about the way you call games? Or have you kept in um, mostly the same going from the G League to the NBA? I
1: love that question because um, there is some different, there are some differences. And I think for our Fordham audience, let's even go back to when I was calling Fordham games on WFUV 90.7. Like, the college game, the shot clock's longer. We're doing it for radio, so sure, you still got to be quick and precise and accurate. Um, but my transition went from calling Fordham games on the radio to G League games with the Delaware Bluecoats on the TV side. So I had a little bit more time to story tell and things like that you're not painting the picture and describing every action between calling a game on radio versus calling it on tv but the game is much faster in professional basketball so my first couple times calling g league games uh i was not blown away but i was definitely i noticed the speed of a professional basketball game and what it takes as a broadcaster so the reps that i got at fordham gave way to the, the important stuff I did in the G League and still do because that helps you with the speed of the professional game. And then I've gone back to radio. Over the years, I've called some Bluecoats games on the radio, but I've mostly been doing their TV broadcasts. Uh, but with the Sixers games on the radio, some of these teams can really get up and down. And now I'm thankful the 76ers are technically, I think, still at the bottom of the league in terms of pace this year. So when I get on the radio, the the way they want to play is very deliberate. So that gives me a little bit more time. But any NBA team, one through 30, is going to get up and down. And there are stretches within each game when you're trying to paint the picture. And for Marty Glickman, the the godfather of uh, basketball, play-by-play, consider the listener and you want to give them every action that happens on the court. The NBA game certainly makes makes you work at different points, whether it's the middle of a game and the guys are getting – up and down um i pl- the sixers played the bulls in one of the broadcasts that i did and a, L- a lonzo ball alley pass and transition can happen really in the blink of an eye so i'd say the speed of the game is really the difference but it's interesting that i've called games at these different levels college basketball on the radio g league on both tv and radio and now some nba opportunities on the radio um you have to be ready you have to As Chris Carino, a WFUV alum, has told me and so many others, the the radio voice of the Brooklyn Nets, a key is to emphasize the result of a shot on the radio. And when you're considering the listener, like Marty Glickman would say, you want to make sure that you have everything leading up to that shot attempt and then emphasize the result of the shot. Because people, what do they need when they're listening to a a basketball game on the radio? They're going to want the score. They're going to want where the game is at time-wise. They're also going to want to know if a shot went in or not. So everything leading up to that, you have to be on the ball with the passes, and you have to get that shot attempt, and leave a little bit of space so that you can emphasize the result of the shot. That's something that I got from the radio voice of the Brooklyn Nets and a kind WFUV sports alum, Chris Carino.
2: You've had a few years here to to watch and call the NBA G League. I just want to ask you know, how since you've started, how have you seen it grow, and how do you think it will continue to evolve here? The
1: G League is really growing. Gary Payton II, I hate to talk so much Warriors, but he's a G League alum currently playing for the Warriors, so it just ties in. He said earlier this year when people were taking notice of his NBA production that he must have been asked a question about the G League, and he said, it, it, if you're not watching the G League, you should be because there's players that are going to contribute to NBA rosters. Um, obviously, with the Knicks and Nets, for your audience, uh, the, the um, Westchester Knicks and the Long Island Nets, sort of rivals of the Delaware Coats, but I've, I've seen both of those teams A lot. I think anybody out there who's listening or watching definitely take an interest in the NBA G League because to what Gary Payton II says, they might not be star rotation players coming in, but the key word there is rotation. They might be rotation players at some point, and at the very least, they're going to contribute in some ways during what is, like we said, a long NBA season. A good example is today, earlier this morning, the, the Sixers assigned Paul Reed, who was the MVP of the G League last year to the Delaware Bluecoats to play this afternoon in the Coats game in Delaware. And then he'll be recalled by the Sixers after the game. And I don't know if he'll definitely be in Philadelphia on the bench tonight, because I don't think the timing will match up if the, the Bluecoats play at one and the Sixers play at six. But the point is, the a lot of these G League teams are very close to their NBA team, and they're sending high-quality players to play with the G League team. It's not just players that are hoping for their nba break it's more so a a training ground for players already on nba rosters whether they're being assigned like a paul reed who had a great season last year for the blue coats or they're on a two-way contract and they are allowed to go back and forth between both teams i think the addition of the two-way contract in the nba as well as more it becoming more common for nba teams to assign Rostered NBA players on every, on any given night in the G League, you're going to see two, three, four, maybe five players currently on that team's NBA roster getting their work in and playing about 30 plus minutes. So it's good for the fans and it's good for these players to be able to play extended minutes and work on their games.
0: Matt, before we let you go, I want to ask you one quick, short question about uh, your time at WFV Is there a favorite moment you have here at the station? Maybe you know, calling a game or in studio. Just uh, one particular moment you had at a station that you might find as your favorite.
1: Calling the A-10 tournament game my senior year, uh, Fordham men's basketball was fun because that was at the Wizards Arena. So being in an NBA arena, anytime you get to go to a a neutral site for a tournament type atmosphere, it was uh, Fordham and George Washington. So maybe calling a game, I remember that one. I remember... And I think a lot about the, the trip to Jamaica with the Fordham men's basketball team. Another great thing about WFUV is traveling with these teams, going to their early season tournaments and, and being a part of the group and feeling like a part of the program and delivering that across in your broadcast. So Fordham in Jamaica, um, they played Florida State in Tulane, and I had those calls on the radio. Florida State had a 7-4 center named Chris Kumaji a few years back when we were in Jamaica, who... A couple years later would be the Bluecoats Center. In my first year calling games in the G League, so it came full circle in that sense. Um, but yeah, there's so many games, there's so many moments at WFUV that you don't get anywhere else. WFUV Sports provides those types of things, and it's not just play-by-play. Play. Um, it's all aspects of being a media member, and it has served me very well. Got to go to the Super Bowl and cover it as a reporter when the Eagles. I'm from South Jersey, grew up around Eagles fans, I consider myself an Eagles fan, uh, even though my dad's from New York, and I got to cover the Super Bowl in Minnesota that the Eagles beat the Patriots. So just various opportunities that have helped me get to this point, um, and they were all at WFDB Sports.
0: Matt Murphy, play-by-play broadcaster for the Delaware Coats and Alvernia Football, as well as the Philadelphia City Sixers. Be sure to check him out and follow him on Twitter at Matt Murphy. If you want to listen to more from Matt, check out our episode on Off the Air with Matt. Matt, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it.